overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Hey, Laura. Good evening. I'm working you get, on it. You get better and better every time. I feel time. like that felt a little bit more natural, a little bit more me, but I was also replaying in my head as you went to hit record. <laughs> what I was going what to say. What am I going to say? Yeah. Well, well. So that was the fullest extent of creativity. Perfect. <laughs> Welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Tonight we have a special treat. We get to interview the one, the only, Laura Pace. Insert mouth throw up here for me. <laughs> yes. Um, we Laura did this kicking and screaming. Um, in part, uh, we are interviewing each other. We're doing this just so that some of you don't know us. Mm-hmm. So, and in part is because sometimes we don't have a guest schedule. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and that's tonight. We're a little bit scrambling because Laura was like, what about so-and-so? What about so-and-so? <laughs> Which it's funny because I was feeling a little bit, I don't know if frustrated is the right word, but I was feeling something about... You were feeling some kind of way. I was feeling some kind of way about women who were not wanting to come on that we had asked to be interviewed and I was disappointed. The rejection was given to you. I didn't understand why they wouldn't want to come on because I think it's so fun. And then you said, why don't we interview you? And I was like, wait, I don't want to do it. (laughs) So (laughs) I understand now how people are feeling that it can be a little intimidating um, with a combination of, I don't know if I have that much to say to women that would be helpful or fruitful. There's my Christianese word for the day. And um, so yeah, now I get it. So I apologize to those women who didn't know I was feeling that way, but now I understand where they're coming from. That being said, I think they need to push through and come on. Me too. So <laughs> totally fun. Totally. Well, you did give a heads up um, in our pilot podcast that you really um, don't enjoy being vulnerable. I really don't, which is super, super, um, double standard of me as a therapist. But probably healthy of you in your role as a therapist. Not a lot of of self-disclosure. Right. To not be particularly vulnerable with your patients. That's right. That's That's exactly right. That's probably a good boundary to have. Good, good positive reframe. Well, Laura, for those of you who don't have the pleasure of knowing you, uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, well, I, as I sit here, I'm not sure when this will air, I am 39 years old, which means the big 40 is coming this summer. Um, I was born in Houston, lived there until I was almost seven, and then we we moved to the house where my parents still live. And today is their 47th anniversary. Oh, wow. Yes, so they're working on... On 50, which is quite a feat, especially when, as they did, they got married at 19, which is um, can be really hard. So they went to their senior prom together, they went through the military together, and um, they're 
they've got a really good marriage and um, it's been a great model. I've seen them argue and work through it. Um, I've seen, <coughs> bless you. Eventually um, I'll get over this cough. I think it's been hanging on my grim death for five um, weeks. I'm glad that you have the white fluffy pillow to cough into. Um, I just don't want to hurt the listener's ears. That's right. That's right. Um, so yeah, I, um, my family, so when I was getting, when I was in school, um, to uh, getting my master's in counseling, um, we had to do life stories. Mm-hmm. And I just thought that the way I was raised was the way people were raised. And sure. parents who stayed married, um, good relationships with my brothers. I have an older brother and a younger brother. Um, we played together. We enjoyed each other. We didn't fight a lot or really at all, which feels strange to say that knowing what I know about families now. You were like Lydia and Hank? Yes, just like Lydia and Hank, leaning each other, our heads on each other's shoulders in church. Um <laughs> But no, really, we got along really well, and um, and so my my cohort going through school t- told me that my life sounded like I was raised on a rainbow farm, like just all happy, which for the most part, it was a really good childhood. Sure. Um, I know that this is one of the questions because I'm kind of familiar with them, but I came to know Jesus as my Savior um, at six years old, and... Um, and then pretty much just seamlessly walked through my faith until you see me sitting here on this couch. Never is, that made any re- is that really true, Born Playa? Is that really true? <laughs> that may or may not be true, but we'll get to that. I'm kind of hoping my mom doesn't listen to this podcast. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I, um, you know, came to believe young and... Um, my my life choices wavered, but my beliefs like about Jesus, who Jesus is, um, didn't really change. My relationship with him has definitely changed, but not my belief about who he is. Um, so yeah, uh, life now. I met Kaylin, my husband, when I was twenty six and or twenty five, and we dated for four months and got married four months later. So we didn't know each other very well. Um, I didn't think, I thought we knew each other really well, but we didn't know each other that well when we got married. Um, and we've been married for 13 and a half years, three daughters and one son later. Again, we've walked through marriage seamlessly. No, no, no hard times ever. Um, no, but that, I mean, I would say that, um, has been just the biggest being a mom, being a wife has been the biggest blessing in my life and just the picture of of God's grace um, that I was just, I think God really saved me from some bad choices that I made um, when he dropped Kaylin in my life when we met at the mall. And yes, you did hear me write the mall and you also heard me write earlier when you heard that I was 25, not in junior high. so yeah, that's my and, life in a nutshell. And you have four children, as Kyle would say, Winston, Carlos, yeah, Washington, uh, Washington, <laughs> and Piper, and Piper. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so you and I have been friends for I feel like we're going on a year now. More than a year. More than a year now, and your husband probably committed my children's names to memory about a month ago. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe. I think he does know. Which children? He knows. I think. I think he knows all of your children's names now. Yes, I think he does. um, Which that's impressive. It is. Well, he likes your children. That's most of the time. 
I know. He always likes your children. That's good. That's, you know, it's, it's touch and go sometimes. That's the, uh, children is God's grace in my life. And, um, also a little bit of, uh, God's consequences. (laughs) Maybe I get a little bit of my own personality in there sometimes. (laughs) Well, when did you, did you, what's your undergrad in? My undergrad was in communications from Texas A&M University. I won't whoop for our listeners, but know that I'm feeling it on the inside. I don't um, even think you are, though. So my my life, <laughs> my journey to get to A&M, I didn't graduate from A&M until I was 24, 25. So mm-hmm. that was with my undergrad. And it was because I took the long, long way around. And what I always say is, my freshman year in college at Oklahoma State University, um, I didn't have a major, but if I would have, it would have been some form of alcohol. <laughs> would have been my major at the time, which resulted in me having a below desirable GPA. Sometimes those are correlated. Some I've heard that. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. I was definitely getting a 4.0 in my undecided major of alcohol. Yeah. But in the more important things like school, I was not getting a 4.0. In fact, and it actually took me, it took me a really long time to admit this. Like when I met Kalen, I still would not tell him what I got my freshman year in college, second semester GPA. Because what it was, was approximately a 0.9, which was a real source of shame for me. Um, That involved a lot of effort to not go to class and to not study and to make really bad choices with drinking. So my parents let me go back one more semester after that, which I don't know what they were thinking because they were paying for it. Um, And then the university kindly said, (laughs) we take a break, (laughs) reevaluate your life choices and then maybe come back someday, (laughs) but maybe not. Maybe we're fine without you. Um, so I moved back home and, you know, like I said, God had always been a part of my life and I, uh, you know, it's funny, you tell this story about your freshman year in college and how you were trying to connect with other Christian girls. No, no, no. That was my sophomore year in college. Okay. My my freshman year in college, I was... Practically born playa. Right. Okay. <laughs> okay. I, 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 I remember uh-huh. I tried to get the belly button piercing. Yes, in the garage. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. right. tattooed in, but yes. it didn't. It didn't go down. So, so I was, I was, I was living your same life. That's I was, so I was fun. living your same life. My my sophomore year, you I was trying to. to I was trying to turn it around. Well, my freshman year, I um, OSU was a pretty big school, um, and. They had some of those stadium seating classes, and I was in a, a couple of those with a girl who had a hat on from a certain Christian organization on campus, and um, I in very I had a couple of classes with her, and I I, I tried reaching out to her, um, and and I don't know if she was shy or if she was really unfriendly or if maybe I smelled like a hangover, I don't know. But she, um, 
She she was not very engaging because I it, tried to. It ask didn't go her, down like the Christian twins did for me. It did not. Um, I tried to, like asking her about what she did with the organization and what like what kind of activities they had and um, and oh nothing you'd be interested in. Yeah, that's, that, that was the basic. <laughs> that was the basic idea that I got. And maybe she had seen me be the classy girl walking across campus with a cigarette, which is really awesome. Sorry, mom, if you're listening. Um. And thought maybe she really wouldn't be interested in this kind of thing. But, you know, the girls on my dorm floor, who were the girls that were drinking and smoking and doing all sorts of things, they were the ones that said, come to this party with us. And, yes, you're you're welcome. And come into our room and hang out. And, and you know, I, I would love to have said I did. And I shared my beliefs with them. And they all changed. But it was really the other way around, where I kind of... Um, did you hide your little light under a bushel? I, I did. It was certainly <laughs> under a bushel for myself and for those around me. Um, you know, I went to church a few times. I didn't get involved anywhere. But when the university said, take a break, and I moved back home, um, I, I, I went on... I'd, I'd grown up always going on mission trips each summer for, for eight years to the same... Um, town in Mexico and I went back that summer and just had this moment where I was like I do not want this to be who I am and I am like way prioritizing things that have aren't aren't meaningful don't have any value in my life and I was really kind of grossed out with um where my life was and um and I had a lot of work to do to make up for those grades that I had gotten in order to get back into, I wanted, I wanted to be at a and I wanted to get to a and I knew that's where I wanted to be. And I, I, I um, applied out of high school and didn't get in. And obviously, obviously was not going to get in now. As a transfer student with a .9. I mean, as appealing as that is. <laughs> All right. They said no. I didn't even try. I knew that that would be a <laughs> solid, solid no for the Aggies. Um, so I, I went, um, to Blinn. I moved to College Station after a year and a half home. So I went to Richland and worked and got 4.0s, um, and transferred to Blinn. And even after that, A&M still said, oh, we're not so sure. And so I transferred to Blinn, continued to do well. Is that a community college? Sorry, yes, college that's a community college, that's a community college in Bryan, Okay. Um, and so I eventually was able to get into A&M, but that's why it just took a long time sure. to make up for those grades. And that's why I didn't graduate until I was 24, 25. Um, and the whole time I was at Blinn and A&M, I had, um, a long-term boyfriend. And so towards the end of, um, towards the end of college, I, we just kind of, we decided to break up in and around there. And I really quickly after that met Kaylin and I mean, it was really quick and I thought this guy's cute and he seems nice and he'll be a good rebound. Um, and you know, almost 14 years later, here you are, here I am now, the rebound and I got married. Now let me ask you this. So, um, I sort of joke with my colleagues mm-hmm. 
that um, most therapists become therapists because they need therapy. <laughs> 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 um, but what you, so you, who seemingly had a pretty healthy mm-hmm. childhood, mm-hmm. what, what, what drew you to that? The same thing that draws me to do this podcast every week, the same thing that got me involved in any Bible study I've ever been in, being a camp counselor. I was a camp counselor at Sky Ranch for two summers. I just really enjoy people. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't think it's hard. I mean, I don't think it's easy for most people to say nice things about themselves, but like, I think I'm decently grounded. Empathizing has never been a hard thing for me. Um, and I, I, yeah, I just, I like, if I can, I like helping people in a spiritual, practical, emotional combination of those or, or separate. So I just, I like people. I like helping people. I like being around people. Um, and I really love, I think I said this in the first podcast, I love people's stories. I love things that are going on in their lives. Um, I like putting pieces together about maybe where some um, some some personality struggles, some life struggles uh, stem from. So that's just, I love that. Well, I think you're good at it. And uh, you've definitely, just as a friend, done all those things for me. No, it's sort of funny. I got a text this week. I, I told you about, I've gotten a, multiple texts about the podcast, but I got a text this week from one of my neighbors and they're like, now tell me how you got involved with doing a podcast with Dr. Laura Pace. (laughs) 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 And I, um, I I like, and then I went, wah, ha, 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 as my response, Dr. Laura Pace. (laughs) Yes, because I am the least doctory person that you will ever meet. No, you're not. Kyle Denny is. One time he introduced himself to our pediatrician as Dr. Kyle Denny. (laughs) And she laughed out loud. Well, she was like, hi, I'm Dr. Malici. And he was, I'm Dr. Kyle Denny. And she laughed. And he was a little bit offended because... Um, she didn't even know him. It could have been true. He could have been true. Exactly. Um, although he was a little bit vindicated recently when one of our, my other neighbors that doesn't really know us, like, like they're not the younger neighbors, they don't know us well, um, she saw me out and she was like, Jessica is your husband a dentist? And I was like, have you seen my husband? <laughs> and his skinny and tapes she, and converse. She, that's right. She's like, well, I don't really think you can look at a person and tell if they're a dentist. I was like, yeah, but you can look at a person and tell when they're not a dentist. <laughs> and he's not. But it's because of uh, Dr. Denny, Mark Denny, right across oh, the street. So okay. I think she just like, that's although again, name. clearly she's not looking clear, carefully at my husband. He, he He's not a dentist. Nor Kyle Denny is a doctor of sound. That's right. He's, he's, he's a spinologist. That's right. He's a doctor of drums. That's right. So, uh, in, anyway, I, I, I got tickled because uh, Dr. Laura Pace, actually, yeah, you, me, made quite, you, you made quite um, quite uh, the, the impression when you spoke at Mohawk, I think. Oh. So, um, well, me being a doctor, which I laugh, having a PhD is not something I broadcast or like, you know, that degree, 
was partially because I love counseling that much. It was partially because my husband totally championed me through that process. Um, he championed me by saying, go for it. He championed me by taking the financial blows for it. So like that was as his degree as much as, as it is mine. And it had nothing to do with like the letters. I just really liked what I was learning and I knew I wanted to continue. Um, so yeah, I, it, it is still funny whenever I, I teach at UNT, I teach counseling classes up there. And, uh, whenever the students call me Dr. Pace, I'm like, please, please don't. Because if, once you get to know me, you're going to realize I don't deserve that title. Well, I don't know if it's that you don't deserve that title, but I definitely, whenever people have referred to you as Dr. Pace to me, it, it's like when Kyle introduced himself as, as Dr. Denny. <laughs> Because you're just that, you know, you're just so laid back. Not that type. Yes, yeah. you're just so laid back. So, okay. Now, we've probably talked a little bit about it, but why don't you tell us how you feel like God has uniquely gifted you? Um, well, you know, I talk about... Can I interrupt you yes. with an edit alert? Yes, edit alert. Um, so, this is full disclosure because I probably will never work in vocational ministry again. I think I've found my niche of mm -hmm. what I'm going to do for a mm -hmm. living. And so I'm not going to give up my secret as a children's minister. Mm -hmm. But every time I say uniquely gifted, mm -hmm. um, it reminds me of when I used to recruit in children's ministry. And, and not, not that I didn't mean it, but it was my hook. Mm -hmm. I would, I, I be, like, it was my hook in recruiting mm -hmm. because I would always, like, I would identify something in a person and I would say, I feel like God has uniquely gifted you to do this. And I would say, whatever it is, yes. would you please pray about it? And, and it was true. Uh -huh. It was something that I had observed right, and whatever. Right, right. But anyway, it was always the word that I said it because even though it's like an awkward question to ask somebody, how uh -huh. has God uniquely gifted you? Yeah. It really, um, it was my experience when you noticed how God had uniquely gifted someone mm -hmm. that it kind of made them bloom. Mm -hmm. um, and I and think willing people... to and willing to serve. Yeah, that's right. And <laughs> would, would serve specifically in the children's ministry. Exactly. But, well, I but anyway, that... so every time I say that, it kind of makes me laugh because it's like you know, I love this question, and you know, my my tolerance for cheese factor is very low. I know, and so this... yes, I mean, you could never. Be cheesy. It's hard to I, imagine purpose-driven Laura. Right. Ever. Ever saying. Actually, when you started talking a second ago, I thought that you were going to somehow work that in. No, no. But it's good that you're consistent. No, I'm just. You no, no, no. Now. You're just saying how you never can be cheesy. So. Well, I'm. You know, my. <laughs> I am. I am somewhat snarky. You are. And <laughs> I. I don't get down with super cheesy. No, no, stuff. no. You're just. And I don't. I don't mean to say that's like I was going to say. You're just authentic. But I don't think there are, like, I think as you have said, like there's, it isn't who you are. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not that speaking in a certain style mm -hmm. is inauthentic for, absolutely for some not. people. Right. It's not for you. And I it, can love that person and think they are wonderful and it sounds right coming out of their mouth. Because they mean it and they believe it. That's right. It just doesn't sound right coming out of my mouth. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes I have a hard time identifying with it. And so, once again, I've derailed the conversation, yes. but let's talk about your unique gifting. So you love this, that question. I love this question, even though it's can 
feels like slight, just on the verge of cheese. Sure. Um, but I love this question because of what you just said. Because when people find their unique giftedness and they're willing to own that and say it about themselves, they really can bloom and, and, and be more willing to be used in the body. Right. Um, that being said, I don't think I have a unique gift. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> no, I do think my, um, you know, to back up a little bit, my life as a Christian, while still totally changing and evolving um, daily, and certainly not perfect by any stretch, um, I feel like God really plucked me out of my life at OSU and said, enough is enough. Along with the academic dean. Along with, he was using the academic dean's unique gifts of wording a letter saying, please don't return. Um, so, yes, that he yeah. plugged me out of that and said, come home in more than just me going back to the Canyon Creek neighborhood. That God said, come back to me. This is not who you are. You're, you're totally letting life happen to you. And that, to me, from a, an early age and, like, those experiences of God, and not just at that time, but repeatedly saying, come back, come back into the life that you're called to, um, I think has fostered my unique gift of just kind of understanding lost people. And... Um, and, and, and being able to, most of the time, be able to approach lost people, um, with no judgment because I've been a lost person. Mm -hmm. And I think when people come to, you know, to come to the table with vulnerability saying, I am lost, I am messed up, I'm confused the last thing they need is someone pointing a finger and going, well, you should have done this and you should have done that. So I, 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 I think that is my unique giftedness. I also hope it's my unique giftedness because I love that. And I, I want people, I want to be a safe place, um, for people to come in and come up to me and say, put <coughs> a cigarette in their mouth, tell me about the organization on your hat. And I feel like they could do that, Dr. Pace. Thank you. Yes, that's right. <laughs> no, I really the do. The Dr. Pace. The Dr. Pace. No, but I really do. I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking about, I'm getting a little teary-eyed, and I'm going to try not to cry saying this, um, but I'm just thinking about a couple of conversations that you have had, and you know, you joke like that you're kind of snarky, and you are, <laughs> um, and I love it about you, because I, I get that sense of humor and Maybe I am a little bit that way too. I don't know. I don't know if the snark is the right word, but you got a slight snark factor. I, yeah, I got an edge. Yes, <laughs> I got a real edge. <laughs> um, but sometimes I I think because of my bravado or whatever in, in my personality that people don't always treat me with gentleness. Not like people are mean to me, but mm -hmm. I don't think that people realize mm -hmm. that everyone appreciates gentleness. Mm -hmm. And I'm not a particularly gentle person myself, but I, 
I think that it's sort of funny to me that you have, like, you know, you're t joking about that snark level in you, and it's there, but there, you have treated me in some tender times with... You gotta push through. I know. <laughs> with the sweet gentleness that... It is a gift. Yeah. Thank you. That's, and that's to me, that's the best compliment because while I, I think I can be a little sarcastic and I can be rough and I always say my love language is, is teasing. If I tease you, I like you. Um, that, yeah, I want, I want to be a place that, um, is safe to be vulnerable with, um, you know, I, I, I hope, I, I mean, I think I have enough discretion to know um, when to be gentle and when to not. And um, I love that our friendship has found a good balance in that and maybe being able to tease you. But um, I wish I could tease you, though. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you never. <laughs> you're not purpose-driven in that at all. No. <laughs> I feel like that's my unique gifting. <laughs> to pick up on people's mistakes. Right. right. If if I... And if exploit like, them yeah, for all their yes, work. Yes, right. That's basically what it is. It's like I've got this radar for what what you're going to do to kind of embarrass yourself. And then I'm just going to hone in on it. Yes. But you know what? I am drawn to that in people. <laughs> like, the people that tease me, like I, I like to act like I'm so irritated or whatever, like over roll, eye roll with the purpose-driven thing. But, like, that is just... That's your love language, That man. is my love language. We what, mock because we love. That's right. And when, I mean, nothing makes me laugh harder than when Kalen teases me about something I've said or done. or That, that I mean, like, he knows the line. But, um, I just, I, like, that's that's my jam right there. It's just <laughs> find something that, that we both think is funny and laughing at myself. If that's a gift, laughing at myself is, like... I am extremely uniquely gifted in that way because I do it all the time. And even to the point where Kaylin's like, okay, the self-deprecating humor can stop now. <laughs> Which I'm like, can it? Because I think it's hilarious. <laughs> I've got I correct me, yes. <laughs> I'm such a ridiculous person. Well, okay. Obviously what you do for a living as a therapist is an extension of your ministry. It's an mm -hmm. extension of the giftedness that God has given mm -hmm. you. Or to me, that would be an obvious way that mm -hmm. he's doing that. What's your big ask? So that, so that, um, when we decided slash you decided that I was going to be interviewed tonight, that was the question that kind of came up in my mind. Um, and like you felt like you could wing the other and come in totally unprepared, but that one. I felt like I am full of crap enough that, yes, the other stuff I could wing, which is just the way I go through life, which can also get you a point nine. Um, <laughs> sure. But I, um, this one I was like, what is my big ask prayer? Because, you know, we've talked about um, wanting the podcast to be something big and special and, and, and fun and that, um, you know, draws an audience. Um but I think the bigger ask for me is that the implications of that would be meaningful in somebody's life. And to me, that's the big ask on a big scale or a small scale. Specifically, um, my children came to mind. Mm -hmm. My big ask is that they would all um, come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior, young and forever, and like me, have some bumps in the road, but that God would always call them back home and that they would listen to that call. 
So that's a big ask. Um, my big ask, of course, is that Kayla and I would model good marriage for them, like my parents have done. Um, and and then beyond that is whether it's in counseling or in friendship or podcast or church serving. Um, I just want people to see um, that I'm living what I speak and to be able to be someone who's approachable if somebody needs a listening ear, a friend, um, a, a advice. I, I do like to hand out the advice as well, not just listen. Uh, so those to me are, I just want to reach people um, with truth and um, that would be it. I mean, that's the bottom line is family, friends, strangers, reach them with truth. Well, Laura, I've got great news for you. Yes. You're almost done. I only have one more question Ooh, for you. I can breathe. I am sweating a little bit. Will you please tell me your favorite verse of scripture? You know what? <laughs> I have got one. <laughs> Bring it. Come on. Laura joked that like she didn't want to ask people that because she felt like we would, like put people on the spot yeah. and they'd all say John 3.16. I, okay. Is it John 3.16? It is. No, it's not. Um, that's a good one. That's a good one and not one to be uh -huh. just flipped apart. I love that we say there's good ones like there's bad ones. <laughs> there's some bad Bible verses. Um, no, I um, I have really love and love even more now that I've gotten involved with Freedom Prayer, the ministry at our church. Um, but I've always loved for freedom, you are set free. Or, and, you know, for freedom, God has set us free, Christ has set us free. I, I love that because that's, that's my life. Like, for many years, I was outsourcing my self-esteem and, like, putting that in the hands of other people. And whether that meant I was drinking when I knew I shouldn't have been drinking, shouldn't have been drinking or making choices in relationships that I, I knew I shouldn't be making, um, just making choices in romantic relationships and friendships, just these things that I felt like I was kind of a prisoner to what people thought of me. Um, and really just the more uh, God brought me back into his fold, I felt free. And, um, and that comes with a freedom to be not know stuff, to say I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, a freedom to be dumb and goofy and um, to be friends with Christians, non-Christians, to freedom to, you know, I don't brand myself as a Christian counselor. Um, so there's a freedom in that, that I don't have to be like the perfect Christian working in a Christian job. So I, I do, I love that verse, which is so funny because that question, I was like, we cannot ask this to people. They will be unprepared because it was probably me projecting. But but you know what? You nailed it. Oh, thank you. I feel, I feel like I have reached my... Uh, Christian potential. Well, Laura, thank you so much for letting me interview you tonight. I know you didn't want to do that. I know it was uncomfortable for you, but hopefully that helps other people just know that it's doable um, and that there's a purpose for, for being vulnerable and it's hopefully to help somebody else. So well, yes, it was not, um, this wasn't painful. It was great. It's kind of fun to. I know. Only I cried a little bit. That's that's. I made it through. I felt I felt the brim. I felt the eye burn a couple times. Um, but no, I, it's it's fun to look look at your life and 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 see what God's done. So maybe that's what we can do. We can guilt people, and say it's not about you coming on. Sure. It's about you 
Well, I found to... that guilt and shame yeah. are strong motivators. Let's let's use strong that. and healthy motivators. That's the I have that cross stitch on a pillow in my office. That's in fact, that's a that's a right takeaway. next to eat your feelings. That's really sweet. It's special. <laughs> that's your unique giftedness. And you say you have no snark. <laughs> well, thank you so much. Well, thanks for joining us tonight on Embarrassment of Riches, and we hope you join us next week. Bye. Bye.